church. Amen. We are here to celebrate the great things that God has done and to continue that. One of the uh, most moving ceremonies to me is the lighting of the Olympic flame every year, every four years actually. It, It really is the continuity between the ancient Olympics and the modern Olympic Games. That ancient fire that's in Olympia, Greece is carried across to the whole site. It is passed from person to person to person until it finally culminates in that last runner coming into the stadium. And then he runs up the steps. And then we've learned to think there's also going to be that final person gets to light that flame. My favorite is 1996, just up A85 in Atlanta, Georgia, when Muhammad Ali stepped from behind the shadows, his body ravaged by Parkinson, his left arm shaking, and his right arm steady as he lit that torch. You see, Jesus' ministry culminated in much the same way. As he was passing the torch to us, this eternal light that needs to go to the whole world. Listen to his instructions in Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You see, Jesus has got that baton, and he passes it on to us. And and guess what? In between Jesus and us, it's been passed on over and over again. In fact, you and I are here because someone passed that torch to us. Now, the question is, will we pass that torch to the next generation? As some scholars said, Christianity is always one generation away from being extinguished. Today, we make sure that it's not only not extinguished, but it burns brightly. So this morning, we're going to talk about the clarity that Jesus gave us about our mission. And then we're going to talk about the strategy that God has given our church to carry out that mission. You see, Jesus was very clear about what we're supposed to be about. This whole month of January, we spent looking at the clarity of what Jesus calls us to do. It could be said this way, love God, love people, disciple, make disciples. Love God, love people, make disciples. You see, if someone asks you, what does the Landmark Church do? What are we about? What do we emphasize? What do we put priorities on? It's got to be that simple, Jesus says. You're not going to be confused about this. What I've really called more than anything else is that great commandment and that great commission. Love God, love people, make disciples. In fact, if you think about that for just a moment, it's the great commission that speaks to our mission. It's the great commandment that speaks to our motives. You see, we've been given this great mission We're going to be giving toward it today. What motivates us? Why would you want to give of your money for this mission across the world? Why would we want to give of our time? Because we've experienced something great. We have been loved by God. And God has taught us to love one another. And we've experienced something that we want the whole world to know about. And when you've experienced that, you can't hold it in. I love this story I read years ago. This older lady from Tennessee, she was visiting London. She went to Westminster Abbey, that famous cathedral. 
and she's going on a tour. And they're all excited about the stained glass and the pews and who sat here and which king is buried here. But that's not what she was motivated about. And so people are asking questions through the tour. And finally this old lady raises her hand and she's recognized. And she says, can I ask this? Have there been any souls saved here lately? Well, the poor tour guide leader didn't know how to answer that question. That's not what the tour was about. That was no longer what this church was about. And so she tried to point to some more graves and more pews. And yet the old lady kept asking the question over and over again until it resonated across that cathedral. Have there been any souls saved here lately? And guys, that's the focus that we are seeking as a church, to have absolute clarity of what God wants us to do. Now, this morning... We're going to talk about Landmark's mission strategy. This is Mission Sunday. Landmark's been a mission-minded church from its beginning. Many of you are here years ago when we had a great work in Thailand. The church was all behind. And then we upped our game about 15 years ago when a young visionary minister named Wes Gunn put together what we call a mission vision team and began to dream about what we could do. And that was the initiation of Mission Sunday. And as they dreamed about that, they wanted to be wise. And so they came up with a strategy. And this morning, I want to tell you three points of that strategy. And I want to share with you the good news that it's already being accomplished. See, here's what's so exciting to me about today. We're not talking about something we hope will happen. We're talking about something that is happening. We just want it to happen more and more. Let me outline the strategies they outlined 15 years ago. Number one was about people groups. Here's what they wrote. Taking the gospel to the unevangelized or unevangelized, under-evangelized people groups in the world for the purpose of planting healthy and reproducing churches. We wanted to go where everybody wasn't willing to go. But we've been producing churches. You saw Kevin Linderman last Sunday. Him and his team planted over 100 churches in Tanzania. We've been willing to go to the difficult places We've got a team, you'll see their pictures up here right now. That's, you know, that, that's a difficult place. Persecution is on the up. Christianity is being pushed further and further, and yet our people are willing to go and to, to be there. We also have sent a team, you'll see their pictures up there. Is, is right on the, the beginning of the, the Muslim world. And, and our idea there was to strategically begin to invade that world and to make a difference. And God has been doing great things in that place. But it's not, it's not easy. In fact, a young lady that grew up in this church was heading back to this past week and was barred entry into the country because of her faith. Believe this, she was actually labeled a terrorist by the government. So we want to keep going. And here's the good news is, despite persecution, the gospel is spreading. Now the good news also is we're not trying to do that mission work only overseas. We're, we're doing it here. And we're willing to go to some of the more difficult places even close by. And so we've been blessed for years to support David Knowles and prison ministry, and I want David and a friend of his, Steve, to come up and join me on stage. Uh, this ministry is called The Least, according to what Jesus said, and uh, David's been doing prison ministry from 1990. I can remember 16 years ago 
praying with David about going into full-time. And since then, he's been in full-time prison ministry. And, um, you know, we don't always get to hear about all that happens. But today I want you to see a face of someone who's been changed by this ministry. And so, Dave, would you introduce your friend and tell us some of the story? My friend Steve, Steve Ballish, we've known each other for uh, about nine years. We met at Red Eagle Work Center, which is just north of here. Um, I am, I'm super proud of Steve. Um, he is my brother. I love him very much. Um, he's done really well since he's been out. Um, he's a man of honor and integrity, uh, a man that can be trusted, um, a man who loves God and loves people. So, anyway, my so friend Steve. Tell us a little bit how this happened. Uh, well, you know, I was in prison, and I guess I did seven and a half years in prison, and towards the end, you get to go to a work release, and that's where I met David at Red Eagle. And the chapel is just, it's wonderful. You know, when you're in prison, nothing's really nice, I'll be honest with you. And soap will take the, you know, literally take the skin off you. And so when, you got, when we got to Red Eagle, David gave me a bar of soap, and I could actually take, <laughs> take a shower for once without the skin peeling off my skin. And uh, I just can't help but uh, thank all y'all that contribute to the, to the camp. And it's a blessing, and it's really an honor, and it's, it's been wonderful. And chapel here, David, he just does so much for that chapel. He really did. And, you know, he looked forward to coming in from work release and, and actually being able to go to the chapel and get peace of mind, you know, and yeah. just get back with the Lord and just, it's wonderful. And, and since then, uh, he's, the Lord's been with me ever since, and I met my beautiful wife. <laughs> Sitting right back here, yes. Sure. Uh, She's second to the Lord to me. A lot of people think that, that uh, prison ministry is just going into prison, um, but it's not. That's not what I do. It's, it's uh you know, it's about having relationship with people. People come to the Lord through relationship, and people grow in relationship. And I don't abandon the guys once they, no. you know, do you know, make a decision for Christ or what. Uh, Steve and I have been friends. He is my friend. He's my brother. And and even though we're we're similar in age, this is, this is my son right here. <laughs> you know, I love him to death. But um, Sharon has just been a joy to his life, and I had the honor of. Uh, marrying them Amen. a couple of years ago. So, well, let's it's, celebrate it's family. what God has done, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. <laughs> you know, the, the cool thing to me is not only Steve out and thriving and doing well, but he's now uh, going to go back and help chap. And so, disciples making disciples who make disciples. So, you see, the first part of our strategy is to focus on some people groups. The second part of our strategy is to show mercy. The statement was show, showing mercy to the hurting and vulnerable as we emulate Christ. We go across the world with the same grace that God brought us, the same mercy. This has caused us to um, give medical care in Guatemala, to dig water wells in Tanzania, to help refugees in and to feed the starving in Malawi. In fact, one of the focal points of our missions ministry the last 15 years has been an orphanage in Malawi called Mintendri Village. 
Probably at least a hundred of us have been blessed to go there and see this amazing work with these orphan children. So I want you to watch a video. A young lady that grew up here in Montgomery, Blair Brindle, will be speaking, and she'll be explaining to you what we're doing in Malawi. Mulibwanji from Tindiri Village in Malawi, Africa. Thank you so much for constant love, support, encouragement, and prayers toward all of us here at the Village of Peace. Right now, Tindiri Village is home to just over 50 Malawian children. The children live in small family units here on campus. Each home has a house mom and four to five other children. The homes are set up in this way to allow for intimate connections, deeper relationships, and more individualized discipleship and development. Tindiri also contains a primary and a secondary school. These schools provide quality Christian education to all of our residential children, as well as more than 100 of our neighbors within the community. Our students study subjects like math, English, and science, but they also take classes in agriculture, Bible knowledge, and life skills. After school, the students enjoy playing netball, football, or other games, putting together puzzles, coloring pictures, or just working together on homework. Tindiri Village works to meet the physical, educational, social, and spiritual needs of every child that enters. We are able to provide this care thanks to sponsors, supporters, churches, and friends across the globe. What a blessing it is to be part of the body of Christ. Zikomo Kwambili, thank you so much for the smiles and the laughs and the love. Zikomo. Oh, what a blessing it is for us to be at a partner and do such good work. You know, Jesus was full of grace and truth and mercy. And that's what we try to extend across the world, and that's what we try to extend here in this church. And there's no ministry in our church that has been more in the forefront of that than what we call RSVP. And I'm going to invite one of the founders of that, Tim Lee, to join me on stage. But I know many of us probably wonder what RSVP means. We say it all the time, but here's the words, recovery, sponsorship, victorious living in prayer. This has been our ministry to people that are struggling with addictions And so I've invited Tim, this is really cool today, today, this very day, is the 20th anniversary of the very first meeting of RSVP. I want to say, um, and we're so blessed to have a preacher that's so excited about Mission Sunday, he would go off on a cruise and fast for five days and gain (laughs) 10 pounds, so. Yeah, it's amazing how you can gain 10 pounds on a five-day fast. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Tell us a little bit about, uh, nothing like having a friend on stage. Uh, tell us a little bit about that first meeting of RSVP. Yeah, I, you know, uh, I credit uh, God and um, our elders. Uh, really, the real story was that uh, Alex Jackson and Tommy Weldon um, asked to meet with Ed Bice and Barbara and had a vision about having a, a meeting um, for people that might be struggling with whatever addictions. And so we actually started on Monday night, and we had, it was three of us. It was Ed, Barbara, and me, 
And we did that for a year, and I would bring in my pink CD player from, uh, from my daughter. <laughs> uh, music's so powerful, we would listen to a song and have a meeting. And we were faithful for that uh, first year, and we would have people trickle in. But in um, 2001, we actually started uh, meeting on Wednesday night, and that's when it really, uh, really exploded. So, so on an average Wednesday night now, how many people would be in RSVP? Um, today, we uh, probably 25 to 30 to possibly 60 that would come. And um, actually, I, I, I can't say enough about Ed and Barbara. They would, um, they actually, actually are so committed about feeding. We feed people at 5 o'clock on Wednesday, have a fellowship, and then our meetings at 6. So it's been a blessing. Now, I know their story, uh, Ed's story of overcoming. A cocaine addiction, your story of overcoming gambling, um, was a real powerful beginning to that. But to see the explosions, why do you think, because there are people all across our country, that were, all across our city who refer people to RSVP. What do you think makes this ministry so powerful? Um, a lot of prayer, a lot of honesty in our class. We make no mistake who our higher power is, and that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And one thing that our whole goal in our class is to uh, share hope. Uh, somebody don't have any hope, they don't have any future, and to know God loves them. God is crazy about them. God has an uh, unbelievable plan for them. You know, um, I think what's happened to our church is when you guys got open and honest, the rest of us figured we could too because everybody's got issues. Amen? Amen. And so... Um, you know, I love when y'all went to North Alabama and visited with that church, and the elders said, I don't think we have people like this in our church. <laughs> I don't think he knew he was talking about. We, we are all people like this. And so, Tim, give, us, um, give me your favorite RSVP success story. Well, I got many, but uh, one that I can remember clearly is there was a guy um, that came to Montgomery from Mississippi. He weighed about 95 pounds. And he had, he was, all he had was a paper sack in his hand. <laughs> and he was um, assigned to the Henry house. And there was this uh, old white-headed bearded man that wore shorts and a shirt and was leading the Bible study. His name was Ed Bice. And Ed asked him to come to church on Sunday, and, and his name was David Bratton. Um, and he got on my diet, and he got uh, <laughs> gained some weight. And... Uh, I'm, I don't even hesitate to, somebody looks for somebody to get clean carpet, I don't hesitate to recommend David. I just did that last week, and that guy called me. He said, man, that God blessed me. He, he loves the Lord, and um, it blesses me to see somebody with David where he um, not only blesses us, but we blessed him. Where's David? Would David stand up so we can recognize what God has oh. done in his life? Amen. So, Tim, leave us with um, the thoughts of how, how has RSVP impacted your life? Well, um, a lot of my lessons is really uh, pointed towards me, but it's been a blessing to be part of a church. You know, there's, I love telling the story where this master had all these pedigree dogs and told his servant one day he wanted some mutts. And he said, man, you don't want no mutts. They'll come up here and mess up all the good dogs. And... Uh, the truth is we're all mutts. We all got problems. We all, and it's a great place to be 
where um, the last place you go, it's sad to say, is when you have a problem to come to a church. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm thankful for our elders and the vision they had where we can bless somebody, give somebody hope. And uh, addiction doesn't only affect that person, but it affects the whole family. And uh, I commend, I'm so thankful for Ed and Barbara Bice. Uh, if you try to get a lunch date with Barbara, you're not going to get it because she's ministering to that, that spouse or somebody that is struggling with a family member that's uh, dealing with addiction. So <clears throat> the word says, you bless others, you'll be blessed. And I've been unbelievably blessed in Amen. this ministry. You guys have blessed our church. Thank you so very Thank much. You. Appreciate you. So that was the third part of our strategy is uh, showing mercy. And then one of the most exciting parts of the strategy outline was training missionaries. Here's what the statement said. Training our children and those whom God has called to be more prepared and committed to share Jesus and show mercy. We want to start an explosion here. Jeremy mentioned earlier this list we compiled this week in just a, a couple of hours. Of Look at all these names. These are people that have been a part of the Landmark Church and have decided to go, not just on a mission trip, but to go at some point in their life into full-time mission work. That, that, that's over 30 names on that list, and that excites me so very much. And our children have been a really big part of that, of people who came through here in college or people who grew up here in this church. Lord, I left your name on high, right? And, and, and in the words, I just remind you of those because these succinctly tell us the gospel we celebrate and we spread today. You came from heaven to earth to show the way. From the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. What a beautiful song. And that reminds us as we go to the table today, because the table doesn't leave us neutral. The table sends us on a mission Because at the table of the Lord that you and I are reminded how much we are loved by God and how wonderful and loving our family is and that we want to share that with someone else. So I'm going to pray and then we ask you to go to the table. When you go to the table, every table will have a a prayer card for one of our missionary families. And we'd like you to grab that card and take it back to your pew and we will pray over those. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for today. It's such a special day, Lord, to feel a part of your mission in this world. And God, we are reminded that it all begins because of what your son, Jesus, did in coming to this earth. And Lord, as we take of this bread, may we be reminded that he took upon himself flesh, that Jesus was not a ghost. Jesus was a real person who felt real pain. He took our place. Father, we know the wages of sin is death, and we know that this juice represents his blood that he freely gave his life in our place so that we would never die but would live with you forever. So God, as we go to the tables and we remember this and we leave these tables motivated to the mission, we pray, Father, that you'll bless us and you'll bless this time together. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. 
We've got two more things to do before we leave here. Please, please stay with us because this is so important. We're going to pray and then we're going to give. It's going to all culminate in us blessing this work around the world. Every one of you should have received a prayer card. I'm going to call you to stand one at a time uh, for the areas we're going to pray about. We'll pray, then you'll be seated, then we'll pray for the next group. Now stand if you have an RSVP card or a SHED card. Our recovery ministry and our recovery house. Oh my, let's pray. God, we thank you that we get to be a part of a church that shows your mercy, that takes people where they are. Thank you for those who've had the courage to step out and to walk in that room on Wednesday night. We pray for more to have the courage, God, because we know that addictions are epidemic in our country today. And Lord, that you are the only answer. Lord, we also pray that you're going to prepare men to go into the shed and to, to recover and to be strong. And Father, we just pray that in both of these ministries, the love and power of Jesus will flow. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you received the card today for the least, our prison ministry, would you please stand now? Father, your son Jesus has called us to go into all the world. And one of those places your son Jesus mentioned was that when we love those in prison, we're loving him. God, I thank you for David knows and how he's loved them well. Please be with David as he recovers in his back surgery and heal him. Thank you so much for introducing us to Steve and his family, God, that allows us to see in person the power of this ministry to change lives. Well, we see so many awful stories on the news. We thank you that we get to see good news in your family. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you now have the card for Mintendri Village in uh, Malawi, please stand. Oh, Lord, so many of us have been blessed to visit this wonderful village, to meet these wonderful children. Lord, we've been doing this long enough that many of the children who've gone through there and graduated are now coming back to even bless and help. And so, God, we pray that you'll continue to bless the orphans there. We know that we're never more like you than we care for orphans, whether it's through adoption or through this village. And, Lord, we pray your blessing on the workers and the teachers. God, that all this brokenness can be healed and these children can be whole by the power of your spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And then there's two more cards. You may have a card that says Mission and Spiritual Formation Minister or a card that's got a globe and a question mark. Please stand if you have one of those cards. We are going to pray for our search for our new minister, and we're also praying for where we're going next. We've had missionaries come back, and the MVT and the elders are dreaming about where is the next place for us to go. Lord, we thank you for the dream and vision that was birthed 15 years ago that we get to talk about and celebrate today. And God, we thank you that this is a non-ending vision, that you have called us to make disciples to the very end of the world. And Lord, we pray for that right family to join us as the missions and spiritual formation minister. Lord, give us clarity and wisdom. God, we've been blessed by two great ministers, Wes Gunn and Andy Johnson. Bring us somebody else to add so much life to our church family. And Father, we also pray that you will give us clarity of where you want us to go next. 
God, we know there's a lot going on in our world today, and we pray that you'll lead us to the exact right field where we can continue to spread the good news of your son, Jesus, where the torch can be passed once again. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now we prepare to give, and you see in your copy of Lifelines a commitment card, and um, like you look at that, fill this out as best as possible. It's, it's pretty self-explanatory. Let me just say a couple things. If you're a couple, you can fill out one card. If you want to fill out separate cards, just please make that very clear so we'll know how to count that. You see three categories here after your name and email. What are you giving today? Many of us will give our whole missions contribution on Mission Sunday today. What are you giving? There's a next area for your pledge. I intend to give to missions You've got a year from today to fulfill that pledge. And you can do it weekly, monthly, however you feel led by God. Thank you for the way you did it last year. You really followed through really well. I know for Stephanie and I, we'll be able to give an amount today, but we'll also need to pledge an amount. And so both of those things can be here, and then you put your total. There's also on the bottom of the card all kinds of ways that you can give electronically. I know many of us already do that with our giving. And, and certainly everything given today, everything given today will go toward missions. Our church works on a 51-week budget so that today every penny you give will go to fulfill the mission that we've been dreaming about today. My brothers and sisters, we are at that critical point where we get to once again pass the torch. One of my favorite speeches was John F. Kennedy's inaugural address where he talked about passing the torch to a new generation. And I'd like us to watch that and use that to frame some words before we give. I've taken the liberty to turn these in words that are appropriate to us as we pass the torch. This torch has been passed to every one of us in some way, by somebody, by some group. It's our opportunity to do that in just a moment. Let me read these words. Let the word go forth from this time and place to friend and foe alike that the torch has been passed to a new generation of disciples born again in the waters of baptism, saved by the grace of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and unwilling to witness or permit anyone to perish without hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. To this we as Jesus' followers have been committed and to which we are committed today at home and around the world. Let every person on this earth know that we will pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, and oppose the evil one to assure the survival and success of the Christian faith until the Lord comes to take us home. The MBT will now surround the stage and will ask you to bring your commitment card, your connection card, any gift that you want to give today and place this in this basket. And then we'll have the opportunity to pray over this offering before we leave. We read that passage at the beginning. There was a key word in Matthew chapter 28. It was the word all. Jesus says, I have all authority. I want you to go to all nations. I want you to to command them to keep all commandments, and I want you to know I will be with you always, 
even to the end of the earth. My friends, this is a chance for us all to participate in this mission. Will you come as we stand and sing? This is my desire.